Welcome to the Servative Hour, volume way too high, an hour of anti-conservative movement, call-in talk radio. The topic for this, let's see, for this uh, May 24th, 2022, Well, it's not coming in very well, but I remember what it is. It's uh, how uh, the uh, potential overturning of Roe v. Wade will uh, affect legal uh, abortion, contraception, and in vitro fertilization. Oh, here's finally came up. How would Roe v. Wade being overturned affect the legality of abortion, contraception, and in vitro fertilization? Mm. So, still a couple of days to give to Lincoln by way of giving to KZUM. All checks need to be at KZUM by 3 p.m. on Give to Lincoln Day, Thursday, May 26th, so we can deliver them on time. All checks need to be made out to the Lincoln Community Foundation with KZUM in the subject line. And checks can be dropped off at the Lincoln Community Foundation, 215 Centennial Mall in Lincoln, by 5 p.m. on Give to Lincoln Day, Thursday, May 26th. Uh, Give to Lincoln will not process a donation without an email. If anyone would like to make a donation without an email, they may drop it off to us, mail it to us, or mail it to the Lincoln Community Foundation, 215 Centennial Mall in Lincoln. The Lincoln Community Foundation matches a percentage of every dollar we raise. We don't know what that percentage total will be, but the more we raise, the bigger the percentage. And uh, you can also donate online at kzum.org. And all donations made by 11.59 p.m. online on Give to Lincoln Day, Thursday, March 26th, will be eligible for the percentage match. Although I would not wait till 11.59 p.m. on Give to Lincoln Day, Thursday, May 26th, as your clock might be off. Uncertainties ahead for abortion issue in Nebraska legislature. Will special session be called? Can backers of ban on procedure round up the necessary 33 votes? This is by Paul Hamill from May 21st, 2022, in the Nebraska Examiner, this article. Lincoln, forces on both sides of the abortion issue are girding for a likely special session of the Nebraska legislature later this summer. If, as expected, the U.S. Supreme Court strikes down Roe v. Wade. But many uncertainties lie ahead, including whether a special session will even be called if the High Court removes the legal right to abortion. If a special session is called, it's expected to happen in late August or early September, 
after a staunch pro-life supporter, State Senator Tom Brewer of Gordon, returns from a humanitarian trip to Ukraine. Here are some key questions moving forward. Are there enough votes in the legislature to pass a ban on abortion? Because it's a controversial issue guaranteed to inspire a filibuster, it will take 33 votes in the 49-member legislature to pass an abortion ban. State lawmakers fell two votes short of that mark when debating a so-called trigger bill, which would have banned abortions if the Supreme Court struck down Roe during the regular session, which ended last month. It's unclear whether two more votes have materialized since then. At least one more vote likely will be available. One opponent of abortion rights, State Senator Rich Pauls of Omaha, was battling cancer during last month's abortion debate and wasn't able to vote on the trigger bill. Because Pauls died, Governor Pete Ricketts will be able to fill that vacancy and it's almost guaranteed the new appointee will oppose abortion rights, as does the conservative Republican governor. Two other senators, Steve Lathrop and Justin Wayne, were also absent for the vote last month. Whether they might provide a 33rd vote is unclear. And there's a wild card. There's talk around the Capitol that a couple of senators who are term-limited may not want to come back to Lincoln for what will be an emotional special session. That could further cut into the 33 votes needed. Sandy, Sandy Danick, executive director of Nebraska Right to Life, said Friday there's sure to be consideration of whether there are 33 votes to support a ban before incurring the cost of a special session. She said it's possible it would be wiser strategically to wait until the 2023 regular session after elections are expected to increase the conservative influence in the legislature. Quote, Certainly we need something on the books, Danik said. We also understand the political nature of things. We want the scenario with the best chance of success. End quote. Omaha Senator Megan Hunt, who led the opposition to the trigger bill, Legislative Bill 933, said some departing senators are, quote, annoyed by the prospect of interrupting their retirement after an energy-sapping 2022 session. They don't want to come back to vote on an issue that failed to pass just recently, she said. A special session, Hunt said, would be, quote, a huge waste of time and a political stunt just prior to the November elections. Don't forget, Ricketts declined to call a special session a year ago on vaccine mandates because he didn't see 33 senators in support of banning such mandates. Could that happen again? What kind of bill will be introduced? Danik, the right-to-life official, said a bill like LB-933 is being planned, amending the bill to include exceptions to allow abortions in the event of rape or incest 
which could possibly draw more support for the bill, is not in the cards, she said. Quote, We are certainly working to change the outcome, Danik said. Hunt said no amendments would make her a supporter of the ban on abortion. Quote, I don't believe in compromising on this stuff, she said. Hunt was among the senators who criticized LB 933 as defining conception so broadly that it could outlaw in vitro fertilization and make felons out of physicians who helped couples with fertility issues. Quote, if we cast this very wide definition of what abortion is, terminating any pregnancy, and define it when two cells meet, that's going to have terrible consequences for public health in Nebraska, Hunt said. Danik disputed that interpretation of LB 933, saying that in vitro fertilization would not be impacted by the bill. To which <clears throat> I will interject my own comment. So life does not begin at fertilization? Well, actually, it's kind of a continuum. You know, the egg and the uh, sperm are both alive uh, before meeting. And when they have joined and have become one, they uh, are still alive. So, however, if they're going to define pregnancy as beginning when the egg and sperm meet, well, then that would certainly affect in vitro fertilization, where they have many fertilized eggs that get uh, disposed of because they are not used. Or they are just excess to the uh, task of uh, achieving a uh, pregnancy. Anyway, back to the article. <clears throat> Will Roe v. Wade be struck down? The draft Supreme Court opinion, leaked two weeks ago, would remove the legal right to abortion. But there's also concern that the opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito also threatens the legal right to privacy, a right used to allow same-sex marriage and access to contraception. <clears throat> Commentators, though, have said that such drafts can change and it's possible the eventual, eventual Supreme Court ruling won't be as sweeping as Alito's draft. Quote, you always have to prepare for the worst, Hunt said. Quote, realistically, I don't expect it to change much, she said. The fight to maintain abortion rights will continue, Hunt said, regardless of the ruling or what might happen in a special session. Danik said what happens next is hard to predict. Quote, Whatever the Supreme Court justices are doing, we hope they feel they need to correct a wrong, she said. That article can be found on examiner.com under the headline Uncertainties Ahead for Abortion Issue in Nebraska Legislature.
They're still babies. Governor Ricketts supports total abortion ban, including cases of rape or incest. This is from KETV.com. KETV. Omaha, ABC Network. Oh, and uh, it is still a Give to Lincoln Fund Drive going on. Now, since there's no one here to answer the phones but me, and I'm doing a call-in show, you can call in to comment on the topic, ask any questions, make any comments, uh, state your point of view anytime you like. Phone number here is 402-474-5086. And I promise I will not ask you for a donation, at least not during the duration of the call. Now, uh, they're still babies. Governor Ricketts supports total abortion ban, including cases of rape or incest. This is by Sarah Phil. It's from May 16th, 2022. Omaha, Nebraska. During the legislative session, Nebraska lawmakers failed to pass a trigger bill that would allow abortion if the Supreme Court reversed its opinion of Roe v. Wade. On CNN Sunday, Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts said state senators will get another chance. He said he intends to call a special session to pass a total abortion ban in the state if the high court overturns... <coughs> excuse me. The, ...overturns the landmark ruling. One day after a rally in support of abortion rights in at Omaha City Hall, Nebraska Governor reaffirms his hope for a ban in Nebraska. Oh, that must be for, I don't know, for photo or something. Quote, if Roe versus Wade was a horrible const oh, constitutional decision gets overturned by the Supreme Court, which we're hopeful it does here in Nebraska, we're going to take further steps to protect these pre-born babies. I will work with our Speaker of the Legislature to work on a special session and do more to protect pre-born babies. We'll have to wait and see what that decision is before we can take further steps, but that would certainly be my intention, Ricketts said. So it does it seem, uh, stepping aside from the article again, my own comments, it does seem he's ready to waste a whole lot of money to call a special session to have the uh, trigger bill fail again for political reasons. Makes him look very pro-life and anti-legal abortion. All right, back to the article. Uh, the interviewer specifically asked if that, that applies to babies conceived by rape or incest. Quote, they're still babies, too. Yes, they're still babies, Ricketts said. Nebraska Senator Jen Day said eliminating those exceptions is wrong. Quote, It's incredibly upsetting that we're going to a point now where elected officials can publicly state that they are okay forcing women and girls to carry their perpetrator's baby to term, Day said. The ability to decide if, when, and under what circumstances you reproduce is sort of the underpinning of everything else as a woman you are going to do with the rest of your life. Reproductive rights are educational rights, reproductive rights are economic rights, 
And so without that, I think that people need to understand we will lose so many other things if we lose this fight. End quote. Rickett said he plans to call a special session if Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court. Day said she'll fight any bill to make abortion illegal in Nebraska. Quote, There is a group of senators who do not believe in these type of bans, even senators who consider themselves to be pro-life, and believe that these types of bans go way too far, Day said. Omaha Senator Bob Hilke Hilkeman is one of them saying he doesn't support abortion, but there must be exceptions in place for mothers at risk of dying, rape, or incest. Plus, he w- says he wants to protect physicians. The original bill, original bill which failed, would have made it a felony for doctors to carry out an abortion. Uh, quote, Physicians are all covered with malpractice insurance, so not covered with mal-felony insurance. I think we need exceptions to this bill, Hickman said. Hickman said, There is a release of opinions being expected Monday from the Supreme Court, but it's not clear what those opinions will be. The final ruling on Roe v. Wade must come by the end of June, Ricketts will need to appoint a replacement for Senator Richard Pauls, who died. Several other senators may also need to be replaced if they win other political races they are in. A special session in Nebraska will likely come after that. It's now 11.23 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Topic is still, how would Roe v. Wade being overturned affect the legality of abortion, contraception, and in vitro fertilization? A phone number on this uh, call-in show, still 402-474-5086. How abortion bans might affect IVF in vitro fertilization it's by Maya Ward from uh, politico.com from uh, today well actually yesterday May 23rd 2022 unintended consequences Omaha Governor Kevin Stitt will sign the nation's strictest strictest abortion bill into law any day now, barring nearly all abortions from the moment of, quote, fertilization. That word choice has led not only to blurring alarms about what this means for Oklahomans' access to abortion, but also to additional warnings from abortion rights advocates and some Democrats that such legislation could also affect fertility treatments like in vitro fertilization. Depending on the language and interpretation, a state law could curtail access to fertility treatments and in some cases make the practice of freezing or discarding unused embryos in IVF illegal. Quote, What we're seeing now is that infertility patients are truly the collateral damage of the abortion wars. 
Sean Tipton, spokesperson for the American Society for Reproductive Medicine, told Nightly. The language could affect fertility procedures in two ways. Sima Mopada, a health law and bioethics expert at Southern Methodist University, said the first impact could be on selective reduction or multi-fetal reduction, the practice of reducing the number of fetuses in one pregnancy. This procedure is not as common today, but may occur if a woman undergoes hormone therapy, which could increase the number of eggs and result in triplets or quadruplets. In these cases, there is a chance that women or embryos could be at greater risk of an unsuccessful pregnancy, which is why a fertility clinic may decide to reduce one or more of these fetuses. This could meet the definition of abortion in states like Texas and Oklahoma, Mofata said. The more common practice, IVF, which results in half a million deliveries annually, is when eggs are extracted, fertilized, and the embryos are formed in a petri dish outside of the body. The embryos are then genetically tested, and only the healthy ones are implanted reducing the chances of selective reduction because they don't have to implant as many at once, Mofata said. The unused embryos are either frozen and stored for later use, discarded during or after the process, or donated for scientific research. The Oklahoma Bill's language doesn't pose an immediate threat to IVF, Mofata said, though there's a concern that this might not be the case in other states. Quote, There is this worry that if Roe fails, and if there are measures that define a fetus as a person or even an embryo as a person, then destroying an embryo, depending on what state, on what the state measures are, could subject someone to fines or criminal penalties, Mofata said. Republican State Representative Wendy Stearman, the Oklahoma bill's sponsor, said IVF was never discussed when writing the legislation and told Knightley there's been no interest among state Republicans to restrict IVF. Quote, The bill clearly defines abortion as terminating the pregnancy of a woman, so there's no way that it can be interpreted as affecting what's going on in a lab, Stearman told Knightley. Quote, It's not something that has ever been considered so far as I know, I don't expect it will be, and if for some reason it was brought up, I don't think it would be successful. End quote. Tipton's group, after a thorough review of the bill language, also determined the measure wouldn't affect IVF. But he warned that this doesn't prevent a newly elected governor or a prosecutor from interpreting the text differently. Quote, Infertility physicians and their patients are incredibly nervous, and they should be, he said. None of this country's infertility physicians are interested in being the test case to decide what the Oklahoma or any other legislature actually meant when they wrote the legal language. No one wants to be the doctor who's prosecuted to find out what the status really is. The legal gray... End quote. The legal gray area gets murkier as states, state legislation moves closer to the concept of fetal personhood. What Mofata believes is the end goal of the anti-abortion movement. This would grant fetuses or embryos the same rights 
as a child already born. These legal questions could play out in Louisiana, where a bill is working its way through the legislature that would classify abortion as homicide and give full rights to embryos, potentially criminalizing IVF. Alabama's governor has already signed a bill into law that bans nearly all abortions and grants a fetus the rights of a person, but lawmakers included language explicitly exempting in vitro fertilization and assisted reproduction. The goal, by and large, doesn't appear to be to make IVF in vitro fertilization illegal, Tipton said, but restrictive abortion bans in turn could make, quote, doing IVF properly illegal in some states. If doctors aren't authorized to freeze eggs, it could mean suboptimal care or lower the chances of a successful pregnancy. Quote, I don't think most components of the anti-choice community are out to get infertility patients, Tipton said, but they are perfectly happy to throw them under the bus on the way of stopping abortion. End quote. And that article can be found under the headline, How Abortion Bans Might Affect IVF, be found on politico.com. Well, that'll show that Helen Reddy. This is the Servative Hour, an hour of anti-conservative movement call-in talk radio. And... It's followed by The Groove Machine, which is on from midnight until 2 a.m. Wednesday mornings. It's a program with uh, Christian rock music. From uh, midnight until 2 a.m. Wednesday morning. Now, legal abortion is very, very popular, and the GOP knows it. This is a first reaction article to the breaking news of uh, Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned. It's from walkit.com by Robin Pinaccia from May 3rd, 2022. Legalized abortion, like universal background checks for guns, subsidized child care, paid family leave, raising the minimum wage, free tuition at public colleges, and student loan forgiveness is one of those liberal policies supported by a majority of actual Americans, but very few real Americans, thus causing people to vastly underestimate its popularity. And by real Americans, they mean what the conservative movement media calls real Americans. Yeah. In reality, 70% of Americans do not think Roe v. Wade should be overturned. 61% believe abortion should be legal in all, 27%, or most, 34%, cases. Only 12% believe it should be illegal in all cases. It's a very loud 12%, but it's only 12%. But you know who is not vastly underestimating its popularity right now? All of the Republicans clutching their pearls about how horrified they are about the leak. The ones who are imploring the rest of us 
to immediately stop caring that our rights are being taken away and instead concentrate on how terrible it is that someone undermined the sanctity of the Supreme Court in order to leak the draft opinion. On Twitter last night, conservatives quickly began fretting that the leak would help Democrats in the midterm elections or that public outcry over the decision would cause one of the justices to change their mind. The word, quote, insurrection, even started trending as they tried to push the narrative that leaking the opinion was worse than what happened on January 6th. Now, if you really thought legal abortion was very unpopular, would you think this leak would help you or hurt you? Former Bush II press secretary Ari Fleischer wrote, quote, At least one person on the left thinks the left leaked it. This leak is destructive. The leaker must think their position on abortion is so important it's worth destroying trust inside the court. Who there will trust each other now? This is an insurrection against the court. End quote. <clears throat> or was the real insurrection against the court when the GOP upended precedent to steal two judges? Because I'm going to go with that. I'm also going to say that yes, abortion rights are absolutely worth destroying trust inside the court, the way the court is now. If Republicans don't want to play by the rules, they shouldn't get to count on them. Self-proclaimed theocratic fascist Matt Walsh tweeted, quote, The SCOTUS leak is an actual insurrection, an attempt to completely upend and delegitimize the rule of law, incite violence and chaos, and potentially plunge the nation into civil war. January 6th was a stroll in the park compared to this. It's not even close. End quote. Marco Rubio said, quote, I wonder if the January 6th commission will now be looking into these leftist calls to insurrection. End quote. Tony Laren, who was notably notably actually kicked off of Glenn Beck's internet TV channel for saying she supported abortion, said on Fox, quote, The only chance the Dems have in November is to rile everybody up to get people to the polls with these emotional cultural issues. You're going to see summer 2020 reignited with protests, dare I say, insurrection, end quote. Oh, we're the ones getting people riled up with culture issues now. That's not the people going around screaming that all teachers are secret pedophiles who are grooming children by telling them that queer people exist. Or the people banning books that might teach their children about empathy. This is not to say that we shouldn't be scared just because they so clearly are. It's not even to say that abortion actually being popular is going to help keep abortion legal anywhere that wants to outlaw it. Republicans have an extreme legislative advantage that allows them to do lots of unpopular things. Plus the chutzpah to not really care what other people think or want. It's really just to say that they are full of <coughs> blank. 
It's also to say that we should not clutch our own pearls and worry that fighting for abortion rights is going to hurt us in some way, because it's not. Nor should anyone get all mealy-mouthed and talk about how bad it is that the opinion is leaked, even if it helps us, because following the rules is the most important thing of all, even if we keep getting blanked by Republicans who don't follow the rules and never face consequences for it. If there is anything to learn from the right ever, it should be that fortune favors the bold. And that article can be found under the headline, Legal Abortion is Very, Very Popular, and the GOP Knows It. It's on wonket.com. Okay, uh, next article. Why the right is obsessed with non-existent mid-labor abortions. It's also by Robin Pinaccia from May 21st, 2022, from com. This week has been a lot... Oh, I'll skip down from the beginning. <coughs> skip the intro. Several men started blathering on about mid-labor abortions, demanding to know if those who support the right to abortion were in favor of stabbing babies in the head as they come out of the birth canal. During a congressional hearing on abortion access, Representative Mike Johnson, a Republican from Louisiana, asked, quote, How about if a child is halfway out of the birth canal? Is an abortion permissible then? End quote. And yeah, he said it like that, I'm sure. The ever-ridiculous Tim Pool posed a similar question to Twitter, asking, quote, What happens if a woman is on the way to get an abortion at eight months, but goes into labor in the lobby of the abortion clinic and accidentally delivers the baby before it could be terminated? Quite a conundrum indeed. This has been a thing ever since Donald Trump got confused about what a dilation and extraction abortion, a.k.a. a partial birth abortion, was during a debate with Hillary Clinton in 2016. He explained that he supported a federal ban on the procedure because, quote, In the ninth month, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother. Claiming that this can happen, quote, as late as one or two or three or four days prior to birth, unquote. This is, of course, ridiculous, but he just kind of heard the very stupid term partial birth abortion and just assumed that's what it entailed. And his supporters went along with him. Why? Because Trump cannot be wrong, and when he is factually incorrect, if the facts that must change, it's the facts that must change, not him. He creates a new reality for people every time he opens his mouth. <clears throat> but there's a more insidious reason they are doubling down on this talking point. They want to perpetuate the idea that the reason people get abortions, perform abortions, or support abortion rights is because they are cruel and just want to murder some babies. 
The point of abortion isn't simply that we should have the right to control our bodies and our reproductive futures, but that we are homicidal maniacs, which makes it easier to make Trump seem right to them about another thing. The time he said he would support throwing people in prison for having abortions. By ignoring all of the very reasonable and sympathetic and understandable reasons people have abortions, and focusing on imaginary scenarios in which people just really want to stab a baby in the head as it's coming out of the birth canal, that someone would literally be pregnant for eight or nine months and then just decide, you know, off with its head, probably followed up by just kill it so I can get to the orgy wherein I will have tons of sex so that I can get pregnant and have yet another abortion because of how I hate babies and very evil and also love paying lots of money for surgical procedures. If that's the person, supervillain, you have in your head as the kind of person who gets abortions, you might not care that this is going to hurt them. The purpose of this rhetoric is not to have a better understanding of what abortion is, but to make the abortion haver so incredibly unsympathetic that no one actually cares what happens to them. It's how we do a lot of things here. It's why our criminal justice system is so grotesque. Why it took so long to get people to realize that making jokes about prison rape was not good. It's why when people are found innocent of crimes they were imprisoned for, other people will say with a straight face, well, they probably did something else bad that they didn't get caught for. Hell, quite frankly, it's how America handles not really giving a blank about most of the horrible things that happen to people. People are poor because they are bad and made bad decisions. People have student debt because they are bad and they majored in a thing I don't like. The way things are is basically good and it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work for you, it's because you are morally deficient. Unless you are a rich person, in which case your problem is everyone else being so spoiled and thinking they are entitled to your money just because they work for you. The goal is to make people say, well, if something bad happens to someone during a self-managed or illegal abortion, that's kind of what they deserve. Or to feel like being forced to give birth is a corrective punishment for being the kind of evil, selfish, blank who just wants to murder babies for no good reason. Now, presumably, now personally, <clears throat> now personally, I would question the wisdom of wanting what one considers to be a homicidal maniac to have many children for abuse reasons, not the bad seed reasons, but I'm also not a giant blank. I am telling you now, this is going to be what they are doubling down on. It's only going to get worse and more ridiculous and, quote, post-birth abortion-y from here on out. And, oh, I don't think I mentioned the weather. I try to do that. Weather report. It's now 49 degrees Fahrenheit in Lincoln, Nebraska. 
and a low uh, predicted to be 49 degrees. I guess we're at the low right now. And a high tomorrow of 54 degrees with uh, rain likely and wind. Wind will be windy. Then uh, tomorrow night also a low of 49 degrees with a 93% chance of precipitation. Mm. Show rain, rain, rain. Drought go away. It's good. <clears throat> All right. One last article here. The pro-choice caucus's abortion messaging guidelines are good, actually. It's by Robin Panaccia from May 13th, 2022, from wonket.com. On Thursday, the pro-choice caucus, led by Representatives Dinah DeGetti, Democrat Colorado, and Barbara Lee, Democrat California, released new messaging guidelines to help their colleagues address abortion more effectively. So far, there's been a lot of pushback from a lot of people, uh, mostly uh, men who will never need to have an abortion themselves, who are mad about it for one reason or another. For some, it's because we shouldn't be talking about words and messaging at a time like this. For others, it's because they are particularly attached to some of the messaging that this messaging is meant to replace. The interesting thing here is that the messaging guidelines have moderates complaining that the new terms will alienate people who aren't totally into abortion, but might be okay with it under some circumstances, and those on the opposing end who feel that these terms are probably focus group tested changes invented by messaging gurus that are even less direct than the terms they are replacing. As if Barbara Lee, literally the only member of Congress to vote against letting Bush invade Afghanistan, has any history at all of that. And of course, there are those complaining that this is simply rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, and we shouldn't be doing this, we should be doing some other thing. One thing that is very much worth understanding is that these are not focus group tested changes, Rather, many of them are changes that have been asked for and encouraged by actual abortion rights and access activists for a long time now, working within a reproductive justice framework and geared towards destigmatizing abortion and addressing the realities of today rather than those of 1973. <clears throat> Another important thing to understand is that is this was meant to be an internal memo for politicians writing bills, not for literally everyone discussing abortion ever. But hey, we've got them now, so let's discuss. And it has a graphic here, which has abortion messaging do's and don'ts. And on the left, it has harmful language, and on the right side, it has helpful language. Under harmful language, it has choice. Under helpful language, it has decision. So that's the harmful language, the old language, choice. The helpful language, the new language, would be decision. Under a harmful language, it has reduce, abortion, safe, legal, and rare. 
under helpful language, it has safe, legal, and accessible. Harmful language, unwanted pregnancy. Helpful language, unexpected pregnancy. Harmful language, conscious clause protections. Helpful language, refusal of care, denial of care laws. Harmful language, back alley abortions, coat hangers. Helpful language, criminalizing health care. So the harmful language in all would be choice, reduce abortions, safe, legal, and rare, unwanted pregnancy, conscious clause protections, back alley abortions, coat hangers. Helpful language would be decision, safe, legal, and accessible, unexpected pregnancy, refusal of care, denial of care laws, and criminalizing health care. Anyway, we've run out of time, so this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and good night to you all.